Let's all have a good laugh at the San Francisco 49ers. They have made a huge trade for Christian McCaffrey. They've given away about 17 draft picks in the next year to go and get a big name, a star player to try and help them win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter that their top pass rusher can't stay healthy. It doesn't matter that the left tackle is injured and that Jimmy Garoppolo is back at quarterback. You know, that guy they tried to replace by trading away three first-round picks or two first-round picks and their original pick don't want to upset any Niners fans by suggesting they traded three picks. Yeah, you know, that franchise that has been chasing the dream for a few more years has decided to chase it a little bit more. They're trying to take a page out of the Rams' playbook which is to according to their gm f those picks the only difference between the rams and the san francisco 49ers is that they ain't trading for one of the all-time great elite pass rushes like von miller and last time i watched the buffalo bills von miller's still pretty good they're also not trading for one of the better wide receivers in the nfl and odell beckham showed when he went to the Rams, that he still can be classified in that category, despite his horrible tenure at the Cleveland Browns. These are two premium positions. And I know people will come fire back and Niners fans will go, yes, but Christian McCaffrey is no ordinary running back. He can run routes. He can catch passes. He's a multi-dimensional weapon. You only have one of those in Debo Samuel, and you still felt like you had to go and trade even more picks to go and get Christian McCaffrey. And here's the other thing. He can't stay healthy. And maybe you'll get lucky and he'll stay healthy and maybe he can play left tackle as well and you're going to win a Super Bowl. Maybe he will make Jimmy Garoppolo into somebody who isn't Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, that quarterback that he'd been trying to replace for three years and you traded two first round picks and packaged it together with your original first round pick last year to go and get Trey Lance and he didn't look very good and then he got injured and now back to Jimmy Garoppolo again and you can never get rid of him. Yeah, always trying to prop him up by throwing picks at weapons and hoping that he's going to turn from a pumpkin into a fantastic diamond-studded carriage. But it just isn't going to happen. And look, the Seahawks have been here and done that and got the T-shirt. You know, they chased a ring during the latter years of the Russell Wilson era. They go and throw picks at people like Sheldon Richardson. They go and throw picks at Jamal Adams and gave him a huge contract. And look where it got them. It got them absolutely nowhere. You just end up with things like the 2021 draft when they had three draft picks and basically wrote off the draft class. But at least they had the excuse that that was a COVID-impacted draft. Next year, what are the Niners' excuses going to be? Yeah, I know these kind of stupid NFL rules whereby if another team gives a diverse candidate a job, you know, they don't get rewarded for doing that. No, no, the team that had them in the first place get rewarded with third-round picks and they've kind of got a couple left over from that so you know they're not completely barren for 2023 but there's only one way to build a team properly and that's to find your diamonds yourself and they've done that over the years you know look at the safety that they they drafted from usc a guy that we had in the second round they take in the fifth round great value he looks like a star look at the two linebackers you know greenlaw and warner you drafted them in the, in the later rounds and they have become stars. And hey, maybe they feel like they could just do that again with their later round picks. And maybe they can. But we all wonder whether the Seahawks are going to be able to do that a few years ago. And they couldn't. And early round picks do matter. You can turn them into more later round picks. So you can have more shots to try and find the next Fred Warner. You can go and get your star players like Debo Samuel with those high picks. That's how you build. That is one thing that I feel we've really learned about the Seahawks over the years, that you can't just 
F those picks, like the Rams have said. Yeah, the Rams can look pretty good about all of that and say, hey, look at us, look at how aggressive we were. It's kind of easy to do that when you've got Aaron Donald. And okay, the trade for Matt Stafford, it worked. And they drafted Cooper Cup. And when you've got players like that, you're going to be a contender. And they just got the finishing touches with Von Miller and with Odell Beckham. Those trades don't come around very often. They are rare. They are unique. The Seahawks would have loved Von Miller right in the middle of a season and Odell Beckham Jr. back in the day. It never happened. This isn't the way to do it. You know, if anything, the Seahawks have shown, look for value before the trade deadline. Go and get a Quandre Diggs. Go and get a Carlos Dunlap. Those are the kind of deals which pay off around this time of year. What I think the 49ers have done is take on a really expensive running back who can't stay healthy. And they are gambling their future. They're gambling everything. They've gambled already that Trey Lance is going to be the answer. Now they're gambling that they don't really need a draft class in 2023. Look how much of like effective camp space they've got now for next year. Last time I checked, I think it was at zero dollars. They've still got guys they need to pay on that roster. It's going to be very difficult for them. And look, this is a team that already has a lot of injury-prone players. Now they have another one. And as a Seahawks fan, you might say, you're bound to say this. You're bound to have a good laugh at the Niners. I'll be honest, if the Niners, if I love this move, I'd say so. I praised a lot of the Rams moves. This instance, though, I just think this is going to be a very expensive acquisition, and I'm not sure that it's going to pay dividends for the San Francisco 49ers. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just think if Jimmy Garoppolo's there, some of your key players are injured, it ain't going to matter who's in that backfield. And also now, if you're going to do all the stuff you've been doing with Debo Samuel with Christian McCaffrey, what are you going to do with Debo Samuel? because he's better as a multidimensional player than he is as a natural wide receiver. So that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm not sure it's going to work out though for the San Francisco 49ers. As for the Seahawks, quick point on them in this video. I've got having a look at tankathon.com. It is a great website for keeping track of where the draft order is going. The Seahawks currently have the number seven pick, courtesy of the Denver Broncos. And the Seahawks have the number 14 pick because they are now three and three. So what does this mean for the NFL draft? I put out a few articles teasing things that are from my horizontal board, which I am building as we speak. There's already 116 names on this horizontal board. I keep adding to them. And within the next two to four weeks, I'm going to be publishing this board. It's still very early. A lot will change from the senior bowl to the combine. Names will come on, names will come off, names will put in red because of injury risks and so on. But as I'm kind of looking at this, if the Seahawks did, let's say, end up with the number seven overall pick, what would that mean? Well, at the moment, I think Carolina are clearly tanking. And when they've tanked enough to get the number one overall pick, I think they're going to take Will Levis. I don't think the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be picking number two overall like they are now. But if they are, I think they'll keep Derek Carr. I don't think you'd trade for Devontae Adams and then get rid of his BFF after one year. I think they'll, they'll go and take Will Anderson, number two. Detroit, number three, CJ Stroud, I think will be a good choice for them. And Houston, I've got them. I, I would imagine taking a quarterback because it's just not really quite enough from Davis Mills to, to be able to move past him. And they've got two picks in the first round. So I think maybe Bryce Young, if in this situation they could go for. New Orleans are doing a great job getting um, Philadelphia into the top five. Arguably the best team in the NFC. Probably not even that much to argue about with that. 
They've currently got the number four overall pick, number five overall pick, that kind of range. And I think that they could take advantage of that and take Bijan Robinson, who could be the best player on most teams' boards. So what does it mean for the Seahawks if they're picking in that 6-7 range? Well, there's every chance that somebody like Anthony Richardson could be very appealing to the Seahawks. And I know what people say about him. Ah, oh, you know, he's not a great year. He's raw. There's a lot of work needs doing there. Listen, you are drafting what a player can be in the future. And if you say that a quarterback could be a superstar, could be an MVP candidate, yes, he may have a few warts right now. He just needs time. There are not a lot of issues that are critical. They're things that can be worked through with experience and learning lessons, taking some lumps. Anthony Richardson can be a very, very good quarterback at the next level. He just needs time. I can't think of a better situation for the Seahawks than to have someone like Geno Smith continue for another year or two with Anthony Richardson waiting in the wings. But if he's not there or if he doesn't declare, keep an eye on someone like Marzi Smith, who is a defensive tackle who can play the nose, 220 pounds. He may only have half a sack this year. Throw that out. Go and watch Michigan. He is disruptive. He creates issues up front. He is going to be the best tester at the Combine. He is a freakish athlete. He was number one, Bruce Feldman's freaks list for 2022. He's a very special player. I can see the Seahawks going in those two directions at the moment. What could they do at 14? Well, if the quarterbacks are gone and they aren't and they don't force this, and I don't think they should. I mean, I'm happy for them to trade up if they want to, if they think the right guy's there and it's not too expensive. I'm happy for that. But don't reach on, a, on somebody like Hendon Hooker ridiculously just to get at any quarterback. If it has to be defense for whatever reason and you take someone like Marzi Smith in the top 10, whether that's your pick or Denver's pick, maybe you come back and get another defensive player. I, I'm not a, that hugely keen on the players that are, that are in this class. But if you've gone and got a big defensive tackle, could you go and get another one? Is a Brian Brissy again, somebody a bit like Anthony Richardson has got huge physical talent and upside, but hasn't shown enough at Clemson so far to put in really any higher than maybe 10 to 15. Might even go later than that. I think the same for Jalen Carter. He's just not shown enough for me. He's had a few injury issues now, but he's had an, in, he's had an injury this year. That's why he's not had injury issues. But is he going to test as well as the guys who didn't go as high as people are projecting him in the top 10 last year? The two Georgia defensive tackles tested brilliantly. Is he going to test as well as that? And then if he doesn't, how does he go higher than them? Maybe it's just because it's a bad class, the defensive lineman. But again, he could be an option for you there. If you want to really load up on that front, I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world. People are saying Kali Ringo could be an option. He could be. I mean, look, he's not having a great year. He did not play very well against Vanderbilt. He's not a spectacular player right now. He's all about potential. Or having Tariq Willow on one side and Khalil Ringo on the other would be really something. You'd have the two best athletes at cornerback in the NFL starting for you. And that is somewhat appealing. And, you know, there's other guys like KJ Henry could potentially be an option as another edge rusher. But, you know, I kind of feel like they've got enough edge rushers like that already. Really, it's about interior pressure now. Some of those big bodies who can be disruptive, create problems. Sadly, there's no linebackers. No real safeties higher that, you know, there's no Will Thomas type. There's no Luke Keekley type in this class that would make you want to go that direction early. There are some good receivers, though. I think there are some really good centers. You know, if people want some centers to go and watch, John Michael Schmitz at Minnesota, Joe Tipman at Wisconsin, Ricky Stromberg at Arkansas. I will just, I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because I will destroy it. But the Michigan center is really good. Cedric Van Pan at Georgia is very, very good. Luke Weipler. At Ohio State, I think he's going to be a third-round pick. So there's a lot of safe, a lot of centers to be really intrigued by. So look, there is some, there is some depth to this class. You know, 
I think that it's a top-heavy draft where you've got a few guys at the top and then a huge drop-off, and then the value might come back on day two. Just some thoughts there on the draft, because, you know, even though the Silks are three and three and people are feeling pretty upbeat about the team right now, it's never a bad time to talk draft. Stay tuned to SilksDraftBlog.com as well for the best Silks analysis and the best draft analysis. Subscribe to the channel, like this video. I will see you next time for the instant reaction video after the game coming up this weekend against the Chargers. Until then, bye for now. 